therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who, appro- who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of God. Let's pray, and Trev can come up and uh, share with us. Father God, uh, we ask that as we now are here in this part of our worship service, that, that we would sense your presence um, in our lives and that we would be hearing from you as Trev speaks, empower him with your words, um, and just help us to be listening to hear what you would have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Matt. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, well, welcome this morning to uh, Urban Grace Church. Uh, my name is Trev. If you didn't know who I am, I am one of the pastors. Um, and someone turned my timer on so that I don't keep you here all day. Uh, it may or may not work. I'm just warning you ahead of time. Um, so glad to be able to be delivering God's Word to you. I think this has been an incredibly important uh, series for our church family. It's the first time that I've ever personally kind of preached through this whole issue. And we're on uh, message number six, but honestly, we could probably have another six-week message on just the gifts. And I know that some of you have been asking perpetually, like, when are we going to talk about gifts? When are we going to talk about gifts? Maybe you're not asking about that. Maybe you're brand new to Christianity, and you're not really all that aware that there are such things as spiritual gifts. And so let me just preface by saying, basically, let's not forget everything that we've built on here. What we've done is we've kind of gone through this series in in understanding uh, what the Holy Spirit of God is intended to, to do for us. First of all, I would say He's a person, and I would say he, this is an integration of kind of the three in one. So this is kind of Christianity 101. What Christians believe about God is we believe that God expresses Himself through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why when we baptize someone or, or when we bless someone, we say we bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the third person on the bottom rung. It's not the bottom of the Trinity. He's not the uh, weird brother-in-law of the the family of God. It's It's a Trinity that works equally powerful, but in very different ways. And so if I can explain this very quickly, God the Father is described as the one who creates all things. He's the one in charge. That's why we we attribute the sovereignty to him that he's in control. He's the one who creates the universe. Uh, 
but then, and he creates men and women uh, to be good, but then they mess it all up. And so he then decided that he wanted to redeem these people, so he sent his own son. His name was Jesus Christ. That's why we talk a lot about Jesus Christ. And Jesus is sent, um, he comes to this earth, the God. God becomes man. God the Father becomes man essentially and becomes the Son. And the Son then comes to our earth, lives among us. The Bible says he incarnates or he dwells with, he tabernacles, he's like a temple. He's like the real inhabited presence of, of God himself. And he comes and he lives the life that we should have lived and he dies the death that we should die. So he, what he does in that is he puts us back into relationship with God the Father. Initially, it was all good when he created us, but it went bad. And so God has always been on a mission to reach us and, and put us back into relationship with him. That's the work of God the Son. But then God the Son does not just simply uh, say, well, go and do whatever you want to do. God the Son says, you have now a mission to reflect again. I'm redeeming the world. I'm in a process of redeeming the world again to what it should have once been, where you and I would be the reflectors of God. But you're going to need help to do this. And so he empowers us with his very power, his Holy Spirit. So you see how this is, it's very hard to talk about the Spirit of God without kind of integrating him into the Son of God and the Father of God. And in some ways, if I was to do this series again, I would have called it Trinitarian thinking or Trinity thinking because it, it, if we just kind of separate the Holy Spirit from everything else that God is, I'm afraid we'll get an, a misunderstanding of who God really is. And I don't know your approach this morning. Perhaps you're one of those people who is afraid of spiritual things. And in some ways, we've approached the series for those who are nervous about this. And if you're fairly comfortable with, uh, with, with the idea that there are spirits in our world and that God has a spirit within him, I'm so glad. That's not actually how I grew up. I grew up very afraid of this, if I'm very honest. And as I've matured, I've realized that it's not just me, it's my North American Western culture, um, in many ways the white culture, North American culture that has basically tried to ignore the fact that there is a spiritual world. Most cultures are very comfortable with this whole concept. And so this morning, I think we have a very good text for us because it talks specifically to those of us who are a little bit nervous. We want to kind of know if this spiritual thing is actually real. And so as we've been building over time, what we've been seeing is uh, this, this progressive pattern of, of the Spirit of God is really here to promote and, and point people to Jesus. In some ways, that's why he can be so easily forgotten, is that he's not there to gain attention for himself, but rather to push Jesus up, to make Jesus known, to glorify Jesus, to proclaim Jesus. But in order to do that, he he, we have the church. Like that's what the church was about. Matt was talking about that the church has a mission. We have a mission. That mission is given to us by Jesus Christ. Go and make disciples of me, he said. What a disciple is, is a follower. Jesus said, your mission is to go make people who follow me. In order to do that, we have the church. And the, the church is given some special power. A person, primarily in the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit then gives gifts to us to build up the church and proclaim the mission of God. So that's how, uh, that's kind of an 
introduction, if you need more information, I would refer you to uh, the videos that are on YouTube and connected to face, our Facebook page. Uh, you should find kind of the, the series there, and, and we do try to build on uh, each week. And this morning, we're going to look at a letter uh, that was actually written to a really dysfunctional church. You ever been to a church where you're like, oh, this place is a mess, right? Maybe you've walked into a church family, maybe you've met some people, and they seem really messed up. You ever met anyone who's really messed up within a church? Maybe that's your approach. Maybe that's why you've held off of church for so long, because you're like, the church, uh, God I can handle. It's the church that I have problems with, right? That's many times that's our experience, you know, used to joke, you know, I would love being, working in a church if it wasn't for the people. I used to joke like that. Just, in a, that is a joke. You can laugh at that. Because it, people are messy. This, this, is, this gets messed up. And so it's easy to see and to relate with a church that's really messed up. What was happening in this particular church is that they were deeply spiritual, but not really all that religious. Anyone relate to that? That, that's our whole culture, isn't it? Seems to, at least from the media's perspective. You know, you hear so many uh, kind of rock stars. You hear many people in, in movies and very famous people, uh, political people, all kinds of important people or famous people. I shouldn't say important, but all kinds of famous people. And they would say, I'm not really religious, but I'm very spiritual. You ever heard that before? That's our culture. That's really this culture. The Corinthian culture was just all kinds of different religions and there wasn't seemingly one way, but it was a deeply, religious, or deeply spiritual culture. They believed in a lot of different things. And so I think it's going to speak well to us. And so this morning we're going to kind of look at three things that we see particularly in the text. The first thing we're going to see is that gifts are real. In some way is to fight back against this idea that we should throw out everything that seems really spiritual just because it seems crazy. Okay, so gifts are real. Secondly, we want to see that gifts are different but from the same God. This is the crux of, I think, what we need to hear this morning, particularly for our church family. Gifts are different but they are from the same God. And thirdly, we want to see gifts have the purpose of building up the church. So gifts are real, gifts are different but from the same God, and gifts build up the church. And I say spiritual gifts, and some of us are um, kind of use that word spiritual in, in, a, in a non-Holy Spirit way, but it should almost be a capital S spiritual gifts, as if these are gifts directly given to us from the Holy Spirit. So if you've got your Bible in 1 Corinthians 12, I, I want you to follow along if you can, and I want you to see what I'm seeing in the text. But in the first three verses, we have this. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be <clears throat> excuse me, uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. This is essentially the writer whose name is Paul, who's he started this church, so he kind of knows this church inside and out, or at least he knows the way it was supposed to be. He knows the way it started. And he basically says, you know, there's a lot of you that come from the spiritual background. And you, you had mute idols. So what he's basically saying is you weren't worshiping the right God. You were kind of all over the map. You were looking for all kinds of truth and everything. You, you found truth and kind of everything. You, you were very polytheistic in your, in your thinking. And he says, you know, th that, but you kind of thought you heard from them, but you didn't really hear from them. <laughs> it's kind of a 
a way of making a little slam. Like, you, you thought you heard, but you didn't really hear, is what he's trying to essentially say. He says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking the Spirit of God ever says that Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Again, we're, we're entering into this chapter kind of maybe cold, maybe not understanding, but if you know the whole letter of the book of Corinthians, you know that what had happened over time is these, these people had believed in Jesus Christ. They had received the Holy Spirit of God into their lives, which is what happens when we believe. And the Spirit of God had empowered them with particular gifts. And so that some of them were, were, were speaking and some of them were, were, had not yet believed and so they had not yet ultimately received the Holy Spirit. And so they were speaking, they were in this kind of culture where it was people would, would hear things and feel things like, I really feel like God spoke to me. Anyone ever say that? I really feel like God spoke to me. Some are like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And some are like, are you sure about that? Are you sure that's not just the pizza you ate last night? Because sometimes it's hard to tell, isn't it? You know, someone came up to me in a, in a previous church um, and they're like, God tells me which socks to put on. I was like, are you sure about that? And they never matched. I was like, really? So God tells you not to match your socks. And then God told you one day a week to volunteer at a ski hill so that you could ski later on. Really? God told you that, hey? Are you, are you sure about that? And I, I, I've, I've wondered about this kind of thing for a long, long time. When people just say, God told me, God told me, God told me, there are times when we wonder, Right? Kind of like, oh. like, you're like, okay, well, if God tells you to give me money, then of course that's God speaking, right? But otherwise, we're not so sure. But there's this whole culture that they're literally, they're not sure what to do with this. So some, as I can totally understand, are apt to say, well, God doesn't speak at all. That's just anytime someone says God speaks, doesn't do it. That's, that, that's just one category of people. And then the other category of the people is that anytime you just say God speaks or it sounds really spiritual, that person clearly looks spiritual, we, we pay attention. And, and Paul says, look here, this is how you can tell if someone is speaking of God. If they point to Jesus, that's how you tell. If they point to Jesus, if what they say he says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except through the Holy Spirit. In other words, no demon, nobody not filled with the Holy Spirit can ever say with conviction and belief that the, the, God is real. Jesus is real. I believe in him and I stake my life on him. You can't do that without the Spirit of God. So he says, if someone is pointing to Jesus, essentially this is your test. That's all we have to hear. You know, sometimes we, we hear things like people are speaking in tongues. Um, we're not, some of us aren't comfortable with that. Some of us grew up with this, so we're totally comfortable with this. But sometimes we pay attention and we use our test as in, is, is that person really serious? Or is that person really trustworthy? Or does that person have a good background check? Or is what they're saying, you know, right or wrong. And Paul says, that, that shouldn't be the way you test these gifts. You should test them by saying, do they point to Jesus? Do they show the supremacy of Jesus Christ over all things? This is a test for ourselves too, because some of us feel we've heard from God, but, but strangely enough, some of the things that we've heard from God don't actually point to Jesus. They point to making us great. 
See, the Spirit of God, His job description is to lift Jesus up. So if He's not lifting Jesus up, you can almost guarantee that the Spirit of God is not in that. Some way or another. If the person who has the gift is looking great and God's looking less, you can be sure that this is not the Spirit of God actively working in this person's life. I know that sounds crazy to say because that is his job. If we end up focusing on the the gift or the person instead of saying, well, how is this used to push Jesus up, push him higher, make him known, glorify him, make him known in our city? then we can be sure that this is a good way to test out these sorts of things. I know it's, that's a simplistic form, but you have to remember, this isn't the only passage on spiritual gifts. And this isn't the only place. In fact, it's, it's one of the more well-covered topics in all of Scripture. You'll find good help in Ephesians chapter 4. You'll find <clears throat> good help here in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, there's a few other places that talk about these things as well. Gifts are real, friends. And I'm trying to help us prepare for the time when God uses some very interesting and fascinating ways to kind of show us that Jesus is real. I got an email this past week from a friend of mine whose father is working in a different country and it's very fascinating. He's training pastors. I, I think I'm getting this right. I'll try and give you the the, the best idea of this, but as he's training these pastors and they're reading and they're learning about the, this gift of tongues, one of the pastors said, can I have this gift? And so this trainer begins to pray for this, this man. He doesn't speak English, okay? Doesn't speak English. And honestly, the Holy Spirit of God comes on him and he begins to pray in crystal clear English. This happened this year, friends. And our tendency can be like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. Do you know what the prayer was? Jesus is great. All glory to God. Jesus is awesome. He's doing a new thing. He's sovereign. He's in control. He can save people. He was praying in clear English. He might not have even known what he was saying. I love that story. Such a good reminder. I did not grow up with those experiences. But how do we know that this is from the Spirit of God? Does it make much of Jesus? Does it make much of Jesus? This is the starting point for all gifts. Secondly, gifts are different, but they are from the same God. Gifts are different, but from the same God. You can see, though, how a very spiritual church that's just filled full of all kinds of wonderful and sensational gifts and, and powerful. And I, when I say the word sensational, here's what I mean. They're very obviously supernatural. Okay, someone had a question for me. I, I actually try to feed my manuscript to people uh, throughout the week so that they can ask questions and give me some feedback as to some decent questions. And one of them, what's the difference between kind of a talent, the natural talent that we have and a, a spiritual gift? And this is what I would say is that the sensational gifts are the ones that just are so obviously supernatural. Like if someone has cancer and they don't have cancer anymore, I'm pretty sure that's a supernatural gift if someone prays for them, Right? But if someone says, 
Um, before they became a Christian, they were, they were an administrator, and now because they're a Christian, they do administration in a church. That just seems so natural, doesn't it? Like someone's like, yeah, it's common sense. That makes sense. And so there's, there's this idea in which some of the more sensational gifts are easy to concentrate on. Like that's all we're talking about here is these sensational ones. Like someone prays for someone and they receive tongues and they speak in English. And then someone prays for someone and they get healed or someone, you know, some miracle happens. It seems so sensational, so much different, so much better than like, I'm really organized. And our church obeys the law. That, that, that doesn't sound very sensational, does it? kind of shrug our shoulders and say, yeah, yeah, of course we need to obey the law. And, and here's what can happen, is that the more sensational gifts can receive much more of the attention, and they just, because they look so sensational and supernatural, they can provide a sense of elitism. Can you understand how this would go? And so those who have those gifts, I'm sure you've probably felt, especially if you're on the other side of this, You've never prayed for anyone to become healed. You've never spoken in tongues. Anything you've done always feels so normal and natural. And you're like, really? I have a spiritual gift of unpacking chairs? Like, it just doesn't feel really sensational. And so you can see how a church could really have a sense of elitism that goes on. And, you know, oh, those people, that, that's the Holy Spirit club. Like, they just love the Holy Spirit and they see all kinds of miracles. And these people, they set up chairs and make sure the, ba- the, the, the balance is, budget is balanced. What Paul's trying to do here is say that there is one spirit. And he works in different ways. I think there's also a sense in which we typically tend to want other people's experience of God. Ever feel that way? You see someone's experience of God and you're like, oh my goodness, that's what it would be like to follow Jesus. I mean, I was at a conference this week. I honestly, I do, despite what you think, I do believe I have the gift of preaching. Okay, I think it's a gift. Sometimes it doesn't seem like a gift, especially when I talk a lot and cut my wife off in conversation, it doesn't seem like a gift all the time. Amen. <laughs> true, true story, preach it, right. You guys know me if you know me, I'm long-winded. Sometimes it's a curse, sometimes it's a gift. But I literally felt when this one guy preached, halfway through I was like, I quit, I can't preach. That guy can clearly, he's clearly gifted and I can't do it. My first reaction is elitism. Not good, but bad. I put myself way down and went, I obviously don't have the Holy Spirit in me because I can't do that. I mean, people were laughing at him. He didn't have to say, you can laugh at that, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> like, this is our natural reaction. This is the flesh in us. This is why we have a, we, we need our hearts changed. And we need to see God's word. Because he says there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. You see what he's trying to do here? The variety of gifts, but the same spirit. This is verse four. Uh, I'm already in point two, Wyatt, sorry. (laughs) Some of you are like, And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. It's interesting. He said there's a variety of gifts, there are varieties of service, and there are a variety of activities. What is he trying to say there? He's trying to say like, gifts are from God. Talents are from God. Energy is from God. Wow, that's really helpful, isn't it? 
So these gifts are a gift from God. This, this act of service, like serving one another, that's from the Holy Spirit of God. Energy, like we had someone who was early for our setup this morning at 7.50. Like they were here early. That's from God. That's the Holy Spirit of God putting the DNA of someone who is punctual in a Western context. Scripture is saying that is a gift to the church from God. Just as much as the person who miraculously prays for healing or speaks in tongues is a gift from God. You see how this levels the playing field? I love this about the Holy Spirit. Even though our experience is very different. And so there's a couple things that I, I want to uh, talk about and, and just remind us that, that you as an individual don't have everything to make this church family go. Everyone here is needed. Everyone here is given some sort of gift, even though it may not seem very supernatural. I'm serious. We're in a budget meeting. It took four hours. It did not feel super spiritual, but it was so important to the health of our church family. Incredibly. We have some incredible, gifted, administrative people in our context who are good with numbers, who are good with organization. This is what we can learn from some of these texts. First of all, and I'll go through these bit by bit. So wide, if you can turn it. I put that image of a body up there. That's the least graphic picture of a body I could find. Seriously, don't Google human body. But I want you to think of your gift in terms of how it functions in terms of a body. Like when a, when a hand is chopped off and lying on the ground, what happens to it? it dies, okay? It's really gross and it dies, okay? It's even worse when you separate other parts of the body. There's a lot of stuff you can't see in inside, internally, internal organs, critically important. So lots of times people go into the hospital, they look fine from the outside, but they're bleeding to death on the inside and they die within moments, okay? All parts of the body are really important to make it function well. There isn't one part necessarily that's more important than the other because if you lose some of them, the whole body will shut down. And so this, this image of a body keeps coming up in Scripture over and over and over again. And it's important to understand this concept of body in terms of gifts. But the first thing we see is these gifts are not yours. I just about put, they're not yours, silly. Because too many of us think they're actually our gift. Right? This happens all the time. You see, what happens, we believe that what happens when someone believes in Jesus Christ they may not necessarily get a gift that's different from the ones that they have, but there's a, a unique change in the way they use that gift. Okay, so let's just say you're a musical person. There's so lots of people. I'm a musical person from birth. Yes, but when you become a Christian and you choose to submit your life to Jesus Christ and you realize that is a gift given to you by God himself, you begin to think about it in different ways, or at least you should. And your gift is no longer, that's not for you, silly. It's actually for the church. It's to make the body function properly. I mean, uh, there are some people that are gifted here musically, right? There are some people you stood beside, you're like, I really wish you were more gifted musically. Yeah, 
I've stood beside people. I'm like, Holy Spirit, come upon them. (laughs) It's not our gift. It's not for us. If if we understand this, there can be no elitism. If we understand this, there can be no elitism. If someone encourages you, you can respond by saying, this is a gift that was given to me. I did not incur this gift. I did not deserve this gift. Some of you say, well, I work on my gift. Yes, doesn't matter. Paul basically says, these gifts are not yours. They are the spirit of God's. They belong to him. If you invest your money, and you should, that's a little caveat, right? Probably wise to invest your money a little bit. Set some money aside. What do you do? You give it to an investor, right? And what's an investor supposed to do? They're called, they're called trusts. The very word should help us out here. They're trusts. What happens is, a, is an investor in trust takes your money and they invest it for you to make money for you. If you invest money with an investor, you entrust them and you say, here, I'm giving you a gift of $10 and two years, or or $1,000, and two years later you come back and you go, how did you do with my gift? Oh, I thought that was for me. You would be like, you are no longer in charge of my money. I'm going to find someone who doesn't break the law. It's actually against the laws of our country. There's a whole department legally called antitrust to make sure that people don't do this. But when we possess the gift for ourselves and we think it's for ourselves, it's an, actually a breach of trust with the Spirit of God. It's not for us. It comes through us. We receive joy by using it. Absolutely true. But it's not for us. It is the spirits of God's. We're simply stewards So think of your gifts. Think of the way that God has wired you supernaturally and not supernaturally. They belong now to God himself. And they are to be used not to make you better, not to glorify yourself, not to make your name known, but to make his name known. You are to take what he has given to you and say, how can I use what he has given to me to make Jesus known? What would happen to our church if we all thought like that? I don't think there'd be anything stopping this church and people would be able to say, wow, that church has incredible power. That's exactly what it's for. Secondly, wow, I gotta really move here. We all have the same gift giver, but not the same experience. There's so many of us that get jealous of one another's experience, right? And we look down upon others that don't have our experience. We can't do that if we truly understand how these gifts work. Thirdly, gift, service, and energy are all gifts. I I, want to press that one home again. Gifts, service, and energy are all gifts. Sometimes when we talk about spiritual gifts, there will be things like, things will come up in our church that really don't feel like spiritual giftings, okay? I'll name one that's really glaring. Children's ministry. Anyone just like, oh man, I have just, I have got this gift, right? No, our church is depleted of this gift. That's not a negative thing to say. I'm not saying that in a negative way. But if we get this idea that it's only, we only use our gifts and we never really serve and we never pour energy, what will happen? We won't have a children's ministry. 
This is where the Spirit of God is giving us energy to serve one another. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Many of you experience a scream-free Sunday morning because somebody serves in the power of the Holy Spirit upstairs. Sure doesn't feel that way when you do it, I'm sure. An incredible gift to our church family. Fourthly, gifts do not trump mission. Gifts do not trump mission. Again, when we don't understand what the mission of God is, when we don't understand the point of gifts, what will happen is we will think our gift and using our gift is much more important than the mission of God. What's the mission of God? I'm going to repeat it again. To make Jesus great. I have had this conversation with some people. I'm just looking for a place where my gift can be used. And under my breath, I want to say, did you find it yet? Did you find a place? Because it's, it, it may not get used the way you want it to. It may not totally find its way out. There are people here with some gifts that some of them are hidden. We want to draw them out. But some, you're like, I don't know yet how my gift is to be used. And here's what I'd say. Your gift will never trump the mission of God. And it should never trump the mission of God. Using your gift is not the most important thing. You see, this is our cultural blind spot that we face in our culture. We do not live in a culture that encourages you setting aside your passions and who you are for the betterment of community. Anyone? Can you think of any stories in the local media where they said, you know, this person gave up who they thought they were for the sake of the family? No, no, no. What do we celebrate? I don't care what the family thinks. That personal person's feelings and passions internally are the most important thing. And it doesn't even matter if it infringes on other people's freedom sometimes, as long as they are who they are made to be. You see, that's our cultural blind spot. That's the the message of our culture. That's the story of the culture. It's opposite in the kingdom of God. Yes, we have gifts. Yes, they are gifts. Yes, we should use them, but no, they should never come above and beyond the actual mission of God. I, I, I thought of even myself, as some people, they, they claim to be preachers, right? And, but there's no place to preach. And I'm like, maybe it's not the time to use the gift. <laughs> and that's my wife says, maybe it's not the time to use your gift, Trev. Listen, (laughs) you need the spiritual gift of listening. Gifts do not trump mission. Thirdly, gifts are for building the church. Again, I want to go back to this picture of the body. I just want to read this out for you. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, that would be those who believe God and those who didn't. Slaves are free. doesn't matter your job or your position in society. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Love that image. If we were all eyes, 
how would we hear? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. You hear that word body, 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 body coming up again. Such a good image. That's why we often refer to this as the body of Christ. Body of Christ. You see, too many of us, sometimes we search, and, and, and I think we want to try and do better with this, by the way, as a church family. You know, we want to help empower city groups and city group leaders to help the members of the city groups find what their spiritual gifts are so that they don't burn out and they don't spend a lot of time wondering what their place is. We don't want it to supersede the mission, but we do want to say, we think it's really important that you discover where you're gifted and how you think and what, what you know, Honestly, if you are an ear and you keep acting like an eye, you'll bother everyone and you will feel purposeless. But if you know that you're ear and you can act like an ear, you can understand your place in the body better. And we're all helped by that. And so this is not here to discourage us, but just to bring the baseline. You know, you know I can't cover everything this morning, but I'm I'm trying to bring a baseline understanding to say, now that we understand the place of gifts, now let's find them out, okay? And so that's really what ends up happening in, in, in the rest of this verse. And you're like, oh, shoot, how come you didn't get to all these things? Well, I'll, I'll quickly go through them. You see in the text, it says there, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for to one is given through the Spirit's the utterance of wisdom, and I would say there's a whole list there. I group them together. I call them word gifts. They're about speaking. They're about speaking. These are gifts that people just know the right things to say. These are teachers, preachers. There's, again, there's some other, uh, even in the last half of chapter 12, there's kind of some specific um, speaking roles because God's a communicator. God communicates with people. He communicated with us. He sent his son and described him as what? The word become flesh. We serve a God who wants to communicate with us. So is it any surprise that the Spirit of God, when He comes upon us, gives gifts that are speaking? They're, they're proclamative. They involve words, the way words are used. Words can be used really positively and really negatively. They can be used to build up. They can be used to tear down. The Spirit of God can come upon a community and does, so that He gives particular gifts that help build the community up. Words of wisdom, it says. Utterance of knowledge. Prophecy. I don't want you to hear this as predicting the future, but saying the right word in the right place at the right time essentially is how I see that. Including the gift of tongues. I mean, that's why I have no problem with the gift of tongues. It's like it's associated with word. I one time had a hilarious example um, of someone who I... I I'm not sure what she was saying, but this is what she said after I preached. Okay, she came up to me and she went, oh, you have been gifted with wisdom, Trev, because there's no way you could have come up with that stuff on your own. <laughs> Obviously didn't have the spiritual gift of encouragement. <laughs> but since I have the gift, spiritual gift of sarcasm, I quickly was like, well, what, huh? Okay, 
I know what she's, I think I know what she was trying to say, but, but, but there, some, some of you have this gift. You know how to encourage people. But sometimes because of your pride, you, you don't use it like you should. I know that I have the spiritual gift of encouragement. You know why? When I feel like someone needs to hear a, gift, a, a word of encouragement, I literally, it's like I got to scratch something. It's, an, it's a spiritual itch in me that unless I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta say this. Some people have misinterpreted that to, to think that, you know, I'm, I'm all about um, trying to get attention for myself. And I used to feel terribly guilty about it until I realized, uh-uh, this is just Jesus placing a special gift in my life that I just love encouraging people. I don't know why. I can't explain it. It's not from me. It is the Spirit of God's gift to me for us. Some of you have been touched by that particular gift. I know it. And I am thankful for that. You see, it's not about me. It's about building up this church so that we can go on mission. What else is in there? There's, then there's the physical and the metaphysical gifts, gifts of healing, working of miracles. And I put faith because sometimes those seem to go closely together. I mean, I, I, these, I don't have this gift set at all. I don't have any of those gifts. I don't have the gift of faith. We're not talking about like the faith to believe in Jesus Christ. Like it says, uh, to one... Uh, um, to another faith by the same spirit. We're not talking about like <laughs> only certain people can believe in Jesus because they have that gift. I'm talking, you've met these people. It's just like, wow, how can you believe that? I'm so doubtful. And you just blindly believe this. You know what that is? That's a gift. That's a gift to reach into those of us who struggle with doubt to say God can do big things. That's incredibly important for people who have the gift of faith to express how they feel about God because it inspires all of us. How many times have you watched someone, you've talked to someone, and you've been like, wow, you have so much faith, I want that. And it pulls you out and it, it helps you, it builds your faith. And that person's like, why the heck can't you see what I see? See, we can't be elitist. Anyway, Third is gift of discernment. Literally, the gift of discernment, interpretation of tongues. It seems like they know the kind of the timing issues. They help with the timing issues. So yeah, you've got words of wisdom, words of prophecy, tongues, but these people understand it's not the right time. Or it is the right time. You, 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 need, to, you need to use this gift. They've got discernment. You see, you can say the right thing at the wrong time and it doesn't go very well, does it? You can say the right thing in the wrong way and it doesn't go very well. These kind of people, they can understand, no, this is a spiritual issue. We've got to pray about this. No, this is just, you're kind of an idiot, so we don't need to pray about it. You just need to repent and we've got to figure this thing out. It's a gift of discernment. Helps people like me knowing when to say what we say. You see how these gifts, we should not be afraid of them. You see how they can make a vibrant, powerful church. They can help our church be well, God wants it to be a church that loves Jesus and proclaims Jesus. And you can see how easily this can go wrong too, can't you? How easy it is to get into this mindset of, oh, that person's better than me because they prayed for healing and all I did was stack chairs. All I did was make sure that every, you know, we follow the law and plan to protect. 
and they prayed for somebody or they got to preach or they got to play music or they got to do announcements or they got to do the really public things. All I did was make sure there was no feedback. This is not what the Spirit of God gives gift for, to create this infighting. Spirit of God creates gifts to bring unity to us. And when we're functioning properly, there should, it should not be a better place to be in the whole entire earth. Where people suddenly are valued for how God made them, whether he made them that way originally or whether he transformed what they did or whether he gave them a special supernatural gift that came upon them for this reason. And so I'll call the band up as we close. And just close by saying this, maybe you're wondering what gift you have. And you need the gift of discernment. Maybe you don't believe yet and you're like, I don't even know if the Holy Spirit has come upon me. Whatever that may be, I trust that as we take some time to reflect and respond in our own hearts, that we can simply ask. The scripture actually says, you can desire gifts that you don't yet have. That's okay. You can ask for them. But we talk about this so that we can discern together as a community and say, what's your motivation for asking for the gift? Do you want it for the mission of God? Have you misused a gift that you know God has given you for your own glory to make yourself look greater? So there's an opportunity to do a number of things here. The table, here's what it is. It's for people who believe in Jesus Christ. That's, that's a way of, we, we need to protect this and say this isn't just a magical crackers and wine, okay? You can't just take this and suddenly become a Christian and be transformed. That's not what we do here. This is symbolic and somewhat even, I would say, mysterious way of reminding ourselves that you don't even have access to the Spirit of God if Jesus first didn't come and pay the price for your sin and open the doorway to heaven and access to God. And that's what's symbolized in the crackers and the, and the wine. The crackers symbolize bread or the body of Jesus Christ. He was here on this earth. And the blood, he didn't just come to provide us an example, but he came to pay a price so that you and I could actually receive then gifts from the Holy Spirit to complete the mission that he has given. But some of you this morning, you will have to repent. You have to say, Jesus, I have misused the gift you've given to me. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to use my gift for the mission that you have sent me on. And some of you are like, I don't know what my gift is. And so you can pray, Holy Spirit, reveal my gift to me somehow. So now is the time for us to respond.